Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. This past week, I attended the Rocky Mountain Synod's Excellence in Leadership Train the Trainer event at the La Forêt Retreat Center in Colorado Springs. It was lovely. Uh, The weather was just about perfect. It was very, very green. And the air was fresh with a hint of pine. I flew southwest between Palm Springs and Denver, And I knew I would be in a bit of a rush to get back to the Denver airport on Friday after the retreat ended to catch my flight home. And so a few weeks prior, I applied and was approved for TSA pre-check to get through airport security a bit more quickly. And I had to prove myself to the Transportation Security Administration, of course, provide identification, my birth certificate and driver's license, answer questions about my background and history, sign papers attesting that I am who I say I am, give them my name, height and weight, gender and ethnicity, place of birth and current address, facts about me, my unique characteristics, my identity, Identity, who you are, what you think about yourself, how you're viewed by others, the qualities that define you and make you, you. Identity, personal and communal, is at the heart of our scripture readings for today. As we just heard, the prophet Isaiah spoke the word of the Lord to the people of Israel, the Jewish people, the extended family of Abraham and his son Isaac and his son Jacob, a community of faith whom the Lord rescued from slavery in Egypt and brought through the wilderness into the promised land, a community of faith called by the Lord to be his people, a priestly kingdom, a holy nation, and to whom the Lord gave the law, the Ten Commandments, and several hundred others, showing them how to be the people of God in their particular time and place, including instructions for what to eat, not to eat swine, pigs, for example, and how to dress, how to work, how to govern, how to go about daily life. A community of faith who, in the midst of their faults and failures, declared that there is one true God who made and loves and cares for the entire creation, who is gracious and merciful and abounding in steadfast love, who is always Here, as Isaiah conveys, the Lord is ready to be sought out even by those who don't ask 
ready to be found even by those who don't seek, ready to forgive even those who go astray. This wondrous news was carried and has been carried and is carried for millennia in Scripture by the community of faith who found their identity in the Lord and in each other and in the law, which distinguished them from everybody else, that is, the Gentiles, also, as Paul calls them, known as the Greeks, the nations, the people who did not have and did not keep the law, the people of other ethnicities than theirs. And this sometimes led them to forget that God had blessed them and called them to be a blessing to all the families of the earth, not just theirs. To be a light for revelation to the Gentiles, to make God known to all the nations of the world. As Psalm 22 declares, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall bow before him. In the words of Reverend Dr. Derwin L. Gray, it is the testimony of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation that the living and loving God has always intended to form a family from every nation and tribe and tongue. This spectacularly loved mosaic of people are siblings, co-equals, and co-heirs in God's kingdom. And this spectacularly loved mosaic of people, this multifaceted family, this beloved community of faith is created and redeemed and sustained in Jesus Christ. The God of all creation in the flesh, the embodiment of God's love for the whole world and everyone in it. The one in whom our essential identity is found. As Jesus demonstrates in our reading for today from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus has been traveling with his disciples through the predominantly Jewish region of Galilee, teaching about life as God intends for it to be, healing the sick and feeding the hungry, forgiving sins, and freeing people from demonic oppression. And then Jesus, the Jewish rabbi, gets into a boat with his disciples and says, let's cross over, cross over the Sea of Galilee, cross over the lake to the other side, opposite Galilee, the land of the Gerasenes, Gentile territory, the land of people who are not Jewish, who do not have and do not keep the law, and who therefore eat and dress and conduct themselves in ways that strict adherence to Jewish law find unacceptable, unworthy, unclean. 
and therefore strictly to be avoided. And then, when Jesus and his disciples land and step out of the boat, they arrive in an unclean place. The tombs, a graveyard, a place for the burial of the bodies of the dead, a place that was ritually unclean according to strict Jewish observance. And not only that, but on a nearby hillside, there are pigs who are feeding, swine who were unclean animals according to Jewish law, not to be eaten, not kosher. And then... Jesus and his disciples are immediately met by a man with unclean spirits. However we understand demonic possession and the odd detail of Jesus sending the demons into the pigs who then rush down into the lake and are drowned, this man is clearly tormented. He is being held captive by destructive spiritual forces who have robbed him of his identity. When Jesus asks him, what is your name? The demons respond, legion, for they were many. He's lost the agency to even speak for himself. His very personhood is being diminished. He is suffering without a home, without clothes, having been repeatedly chained around his hands and feet and repeatedly breaking those chains and being driven to spend his days and nights in the wilderness, what scars did he bear? And he is a social outcast. No home, no family or friends with him. His community had at first tried to imprison him And when that failed, had, it seems, discarded him to live alone with his pain in a place of the dead. And then Jesus Christ stepped into his life. This man with unclean spirits in an unclean place, in an unclean land, not where a Jewish rabbi is supposed to be. But that's where Jesus is. Jesus goes to this man, in this place, in this circumstance. Jesus crosses the barrier between Jews and Gentiles. He disregards a law that would keep him from being there for someone in need. He he shows up for a person others had rejected. And Jesus changes, changes this person's life for the better forever. That's what Jesus Christ does. He sets this man free from destructive spiritual forces and gives him his identity his agency, his personhood. Jesus heals this man. When the people from the city show up to see what's happening, they find this man sitting at the feet of Jesus, the posture of a disciple, calm 
and clothed and once again himself. And Jesus restores this man to his community when he quite understandably really wants to go with Jesus. Jesus says to him, go home and tell how much God has done for you. And he does. The man goes home and tells how much Jesus has done for him. Imagine the power of his testimony for the people who knew him before and after his encounter with Jesus. That's who Jesus Christ is. God with us and for us forever, who crossed over from heaven to earth and joined with us in our humanity, who suffered and died on the cross and rose again to life on the third day, setting us free from captivity to sin and death and giving us his forgiveness, salvation, and life eternal, who will one day heal us fully and the whole creation, who comes to you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances, and restores your and mine and all of ours identity as beloved children of God, and who brings us in to the holy nation, the beloved community, the multifaceted family of Christ. As the Apostle Paul reminds his friends in his letter to the Galatians, the church in Galatia at that time was threatened by ethnic divisions between Jewish and Gentile Christians. There were those who were insisting that in order for Gentiles to become Christians, they also had to become Jewish. They had to follow the traditions. They had to keep the law. But as Paul writes, in Christ, we are no longer under the law. We are under grace. We are saved, all of us, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. The law has its purpose. The law is a prison guard that keeps a sinful humanity in check. The law is a disciplinarian that convicts us of our sin. But the law can't save us. Christ saves us. Christ makes us truly righteous and good and whole. Christ empowers us to stop sinning and to be people who work for the good of this broken world. Christ sets us free from those destructive divisions created by our use of the law to separate ourselves from others. In Christ, Paul writes, there is no longer Jew and Gentile. No one is unclean, unworthy, unacceptable. We are all beloved children of God. And this freedom, 
this breaking down of human barriers, this healing of human divisions includes our ethnicity and our social class and our gender. In Christ, there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female. We are all one in Christ. We are all members of the family God is forming through Abraham. We are all heirs of the promise of life. We are all co-equals before God. We all belong. Christ unites us in our wondrous diversity. And this spectacularly loved mosaic of people, this multifaceted family, this beloved community of faith is called to speak the good news and do the good work of Christ. Jesus constantly crossed human barriers to heal people in need and reveal God's love for all. And he took his disciples with him and he told them to do the same. As followers of Jesus, may we do the same. May we remember that we and all the people we know and all the people we don't are beloved children of God. You are a beloved child of God. And may we live the gospel truth that our essential identity is found in the Lord who made us in God's glorious image and loves us forever. And may we go and tell how much Jesus has done for us. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.